0: And don't worry, we keep it short most of the time.
1: Are you looking to be more informed about what's going on in your community? The Herald has a special digital subscription offer for new generation podcast listeners.
0: You could sign up for a one-month trial for $0.99, then only $18.99 a month after that.
1: With the digital subscription, you get web-exclusive content, including pictures and videos, obituaries, and a searchable archive going back to 2013.
0: You can read the Herald on the web, your mobile phone, and on our Herald app. So you can get all the Herald content and the print paper delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer.
1: Again, that's just 99 cents for your first month.
0: So you can go to www.sharonherald.com slash podoffer today for this special offer. Again, that's sharonherald.com slash podoffer.
1: you're now listening to the new generation podcast i'm your host Janae avery
0: and i am your other host tanner mondock and uh today before we get into um who we have as a guest on our show it is Janae's birthday today on wednesday march 1st so just a little bit of uh you know little Bit of thing of note here before we yes. get the show started. So yes. happy birthday! Well, thank happy you birthday.
1: so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, my birthday is actually on the 29th of February, but there oh, is not a 29th nice. oh, you're this a year. I am. Oh, I am. Wow. So I celebrated on the first. So, okay, today's my celebration. Yes, nice. And exactly one month before mine. <laughs> oh, well, nice. Awesome. Well, happy early birthday. April Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read that leap year. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, and uh, who you hear talking on that mic? That would be Venice Abel. Uh, me and Venice, we go way back in our YSU days. Um, we were both in the photography program over there, and uh, you know, actually, I worked with Venice as the sidebar to my senior project, actually. And uh, what brings Venice here today is, um, well, she's actually right now she's teaching photography over at Penn State Chenango. also she is um, still working on her redlining project um which you know as i mentioned was a big part of my senior project so venice thank you for coming on the show
2: oh you're welcome thanks for having me
0: of course so we're gonna be uh we got a lot of questions for you you know just dealing with redlining photography of course Mm -hmm. but um we're gonna get into all of that after we take a brief break for a word from our sponsors
1: Ben Visit Chevrolet is Mercer County's truck headquarters.
0: Quality new Chevrolets and outstanding pre-owned vehicles plus an excellent service department to stand behind your vehicle purchase located on Route 19 just south of Mercer.
1: Stop in or call Ben Visit Chevrolet today at 724-662-5440.
0: At Sharon Regional Medical Center, they believe in the power of people to create great care.
1: Their dedicated employees work hard every day to make Sharon Regional Medical Center a place of healing, caring, and connection for patients and families in the community we call home.
0: For more information, go to SharonRegionalMedical.org.
1: First National Bank provides a full range of commercial banking, consumer banking, and wealth management services, plus industry-leading online and mobile banking solutions. Call your local FNB or go online at fnb-online.com.
0: At Chenango Valley Meat and Poultry, you will find an excellent selection of steaks, burgers, chicken wings, and everything that goes along with it.
1: Voted Best of the Best in 2021 by Harold Readers. Stop in at 1215 East State Street and Sharon or call 724-346-6328 today.
0: Located in Mercer County, UPMC Horizon offers a range of services and medical specialties at two campuses in Ferrell and Greenville. Together with UPMC Jamison in Lawrence County, UPMC Horizon provides a regionalized approach to healthcare. If you need care, go to UPMC Horizon or UPMC.com. So I guess just to, you know get things started here for people who might not know what redlining is. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe it to our listeners?
2: Well, basically what we're learning is, it was back, right back in 1930s, part of the New Deal, um, what what happened was that they did a survey right after the depression and they had the um, housing authority or homeowner's loan corporation at the time, um, go out to, to like about 239 cities and um, kind of survey them and come back far as you know getting people back on track far as being able to buy homes and property well so they on the up and up it, it seemed like it would be uh, something that a homeowner would want to know they get some of the things that they were surveying it's like uh, uh the availability to be able to get to the main roads or you know clean environment schools different stuff like that um but ruby really insidious (laughs) it was the undertow of um what came about that initial um survey so once they put the report together they um got the areas and they made colored maps and from those colored maps they put down you know the most prime um areas were the green areas um followed by the blue I mean, f- yeah, followed by the blue, and then the yellow, and then the red. Okay, normally um, that would entail whether, you know, you was next to, uh, you know, would, like I said, uh, like being next to a factory. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. would be like something that would put it in a more yellow-red area, basically red area. Um, so because th- th- that would affect the clean air, water. Um, so, but what they tied to that was the race so and it was actually in the report on you know how to how they look at the different areas so um they said it was non-foreign and they actually had a um, little thing that says non-foreign and they also had a little like blank that said how many was the percentage of negroes mm-hmm. and um, and how many, the, how the percentage went up actually correlated with the area as far as, you know, how it ranked. Mm-hmm. So the less, the better the area, the least, <laughs> you know, the more, the worse the area. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, the the term redlining came because the red, the, the colored map that was red was what was relegated to Um, basically people of color and poor Mm. you know those that was impoverished that couldn't um, afford to move out so that was what that came about and that's what really made it so kind of you know like you know on the surface you look at it and be like well of course you would want to know that but then once you know that and you went to go to those areas because as a give you an example I went to the Navy so this, and I have served from 92 to 2007. So I moved around a lot. And um, so, you know, when you go and you look at the area, you know, back then when people were looking at the area, they like, oh, I want to stay in this area. You know, it's access to the main Roads. And I don't, I'm not far from work or the business district. And um, but they wouldn't show you that. Or you weren't allowed to live there because of the covenants. So it, that's basically, and a lot of, it's supposed to have, and I put quotations, supposed to be illegal now, but um, like I said, I was in the Navy and I still ran into that, as far as being able to go online, look at a house and it's supposed to be up. And then the realtor not ever showed me those properties, and the properties that they showed me. I was like, "Oh no, I'm not living here." Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, especially being a military, and I had two children, so I definitely was looking at the school system. I was definitely looking at the area in which they would have to go to school in, walk in, play in, and um
1: and I'd be in uniform, so that didn't matter so right, so I'm wondering where did your motivation to start this project evolve and then after working on it for so long did you realize that you're that it was going to take off how it did how you were going to get so passionate about redlining in your community
2: well basically it started like I said I started off um when I went to the Navy and just my neighborhood and just you know when I left to go um and each time I came back it was more and more stuff like being closed down. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. to the last, to the part that when one time I came home, I actually missed my parents' street because the landmark that you go, cause I came home when it was late at night, you know, cause it's easier for me to drive and travel at night. Um, you know, I missed it. And I was like, wow. what happened to the building? You know, so the landscape of Youngstown changed tremendously, mm-hmm. which got me curious, like why? you know cuz it's not for the lack of things to do you know when you look at it and the, the that it can offer but then you look at uh like boardman and Kenville, and they're just like taking off
1: yeah right. so i'm
2: yeah. like okay so what's what's really happening here you know right. and when you're young you don't realize it you know you know that certain friends you know moved away and you didn't know why mm-hmm. you know and um the school changed you know from being relatively mixed to predominantly black um so those kind of things and it just got me you know as I got older and you know the the question of all things and I'm always was a history buff and you know curious and i love to read so that's how I stumbled across it and then once I read it and really got to see just what it was and how like I said, it's most insidious law because it not only affected the, you know, being able to have home ownership, Mm -hmm. it affected the school system. It affects the businesses. um, It affects the bank loans and the type of loans that you get and everything. So every aspect of a life for the African American in in my neighborhood was just like so impacted, so negatively, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Um, even if you, and it didn't matter that you were middle class. I mean, both my parents, my parents, uh, my dad was, worked in the steel mill, retired from the steel mill and retired from children's services. My mom worked at General Motors for 30 years, Hmm. but they, you like, again, it it was covenants that, you know, that wouldn't allow, you know, blacks to move in certain neighborhoods. It was just, they just wasn't shown that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it wasn't always financial when it came to people of color it was just the color of their skin Mm -hmm. right and so you know that's what really got me questioning you know
0: yeah so you know we mentioned earlier on you're a photographer so how did you get into you know showing and like you know redlining in a photography project how did you start that process
2: well basically when it, it actually started when you know I went and got into uh I don't know, I guess reading and and really being, um, following different artists, mm-hmm. like, uh, artists like Carrie Mae Weems and, um, I really liked her work as a photographer. So, and I don't know whether you've seen her series that she had, she took like, uh, images and, you know, back from slavery days and, you know, th- that they did far as, you know, um, Scientific studies that said, you know, black people weren't as smart or, you know, she took images of the the mammy and, you know, and then and put like text with it that empowered those images because it was like images that, you know, the narrative was negative because it wasn't, you know, they were looked down, as for slaves. But, you know, she would put down strong black woman who took care of her family, you know, Mm. and different things of that nature, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but, and I saw the significance of how you can use, you know, you know, art to have a different narrative, and I find that it's a way of also being able to talk with people about such polarizing and difficult um, conversations, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're talking about an art piece, but at the same time you're talking about something significant to the community and that's what I really um, gravitated to by looking at different artists that use their work as to be an activism and Mm -hmm. stuff so that's where yeah
1: and what are those conversations with the community like when people come to your exhibits and they look at all the different things that you have on display what are some of those conversations that you're having
2: well a lot of it is you know from both sides um surprise Mm-hmm. and even more so this last time I'm, I'm glad that I did change the format from you know and I added to it from when I showed it the first time because <coughs> when I would give talks about it I would talk about the actual um, commission report mm-hmm. and you know some of the feedback that I got you know would still be surprised but you know you can tell that people was like well did you know did, is that the way you interpret it so I was like oh no that's not the way I interpret it so what I did was I included make, enlarge certain parts of the report, especially the ones that had the grades, Mm -hmm. and they were able to walk up and see the terminology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't what Venice said. It was what the government said. The government said that this is a D, which is the lowest grading, because it had over 50% Negroes Mm -hmm. and poor whites, and only people that want to live there is... (laughs) poor Negroes I mean things like that or you know um, that was the terminology you know even with um, some of the you know things that they wanted to say that were supposed to be good you know like the A you know uh, this is a a pretty good area the good Jews live there but it's only like (laughs) you know terminology like that so when they saw that you know and they were like oh You know, it added more. I was glad that I included that Mm -hmm. in with it because then it took it away from, no, this isn't me reading some report and gathering from the report that this is what they were saying. They tell you what they're saying. And that's the terminology that they use in their description of each of the areas. And it leaves no doubt as to what that
0: piece of legislature was supposed to do. Mm hmm I don't think we mentioned that it, it's it's still up right now over at, uh, at Penn State until, what, the 15th right? March, of March? 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you're listening now, you haven't seen it, go check it out. But, you know, when people see it, you know, because I know it deals a lot with um, with Youngstown, you know, is there anyone that's, you know, bringing things up that is kind of, like, relating it to around here, you know, like Sharon Farrell, Hermitage, or Well, anywhere? yes, because
2: when I, you know, then um, that's the other interesting thing about mm-hmm. it. When I've put it up, it's like everybody that, look at a sp- specific house or building they're like oh man that must be on this side of town or you know somebody that's from pa so they look like that's in my neighborhood and mm. the sad thing about remember i told you at the beginning they went out and surveyed 239 of your cities mm-hmm. so yeah. this is this this is a government this is federal so it's not for local like just the state of Ohio, it's it's across the country. Right. So that's why when you go across and you look at the areas that's predominantly, you know, have uh, you know, people of color, you can still see it. It looks the same. Right. right? You know, mm-hmm. rundown, uh, a lot of shuttered businesses, um, the schools, but few they do have. You know, not more, I, I call them prison schools because that's what they look like in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the area. You know, not a lot of greenery, not a lot of you know. So, um, it's not just Youngstown. It's just you know, uh, it's it's country ride. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and th- that's the other thing that I found when I exhibited is that everybody related to it because mm-hmm. it looked like, and could be, you know they're part of the, you know where they live you
0: yeah know? so yeah I remember having that thought too when I saw it and I worked with you you know when we were at YSU that that yeah you know obviously we knew it was the Youngstown area but it could be anywhere you know yeah. it's, it's not just this area so you know with this project are is there any like kind of are you hoping that this may be like kind of just gets more attention on this and somehow improves the situation or like what is like maybe one of the missions that you're trying to accomplish with well, this like i said what well, you know uh to get it out there because like i said there was a lot of people who
2: was really you know just didn't know mm-hmm. you know and um to clear up some of the false narr- narratives you mm-hmm. know because even with you know talking with um you know the white citizens they were like what mm-hmm. you know and they were like looking at it they're like what you know really right. you know and some of the things that they were told and then some of the blacks people the things that they were led to believe or didn't know that was being done you know um so first of all before you can change something you got to know that something's happening that needs to be changed mm-hmm. and then you need to know just what it is being done to you to, you know to even get it you know to kind of change it, you know. So that's basically what where, where I'm at right now is to get the awareness out, mm-hmm. you know, because there's still a, still a lot of people that really don't understand, and and if they do, they think that it's no longer <laughs> being you know, followed. And like I said, you know, just, uh, I got out of the military in 2007. So, you know, and every time I had to deal with that each time I moved, I moved 13 times Mm. and I almost hated it because it was just like, you know, every single time, you know, to be able to get, you know, where I wanted to live Mm -hmm. and where everybody who shouldn't have any problem in living. And I don't understand why we, you know, we still doing this. So, that's basically where I want you know right now. Um, I would like to like you know in the future you know now that I'm having a little bit more time to maybe visit some other cities and like have a more of a comparison and you know just yeah. but yeah. But like I said, it's it's pretty rampant. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So throughout history, art has been used to display different things that have happened, mm-hmm. such as like the civil rights movement or different disparities that have gone on in the world so why do you think that is important for artists to display these things for the public to view it's important because it's
2: especially now when we're dealing with uh a culture that's trying to cut out a lot of people's history Mm -hmm. and their Mm -hmm. role in building this country and um And what we saw is even in times where, you know, there's always been times where there are oppressed people, whether it was in this country, whether it was in Spain, whether it was some, you know. So they were, but we know about that Mm -hmm. because somebody put it on a canvas or somebody took an image or somebody wrote a poem or wrote a paper, um, whether, you know, so it's very important to be able to and capture that. Mm-hmm. Because long after I'm gone, those images will still be there. Right. You know, and um, just like long after the, the the artists before us, those images are still there. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think of, you know, like revolution is something, you know, like Goya, you know, that one painting, you know. Different things that come about, you know, That's why it's so important, because it really puts a a footprint where a lot of places, a lot of governments don't want that footprint. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of countries, you know, there are are artists in other countries, you know, have been imprisoned because they put out uh, images that wasn't sanctioned by the government. And I'm praying that, you know, then that's not something. But, you know, it's, it's scary because we... Very much could be th- there, depending on who gets in.
0: Yeah, right. just in terms of you know the the physical project and when you display it and all that and um you know the photos and what processes are you using? You know, because a lot of it isn't just uh just a simple photograph. You know, framed on the wall or whatever. You know, there's text over the images and all that. So, like, what processes are you using for this project?
2: Okay, so the you know um they are initially photographs and mm-hmm. um. You know, and some of the things that you know I take into consideration is the day that I took the photograph. So most of my d- took on like a gray day, which you know, it's <laughs> you get pretty common, of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you know, just to set the mood, um, mm-hmm. and then I um, taken and I take actual either text from the actual commission report or some statistic about like the one that I did a bottom dollar. The uh, grocery store that they closed two years after they opened it so you know um, along with the red lining that was another area that suffered greatly for those neighborhoods is that they don't have access to healthy food Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I took statistics that says that you know we Youngstown was like the third or fourth (laughs) largest food desert in the country Wow! Yeah, not even in our state. while in the country. Wow. So you know, and 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 you know, and a lot of places, like I said, in the red line areas, that's that's where most of you, you know, that's where your food deserts are. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I did that, and then I did did that with the kind of like with Photoshop, did layering in there, and then I actually built the um, box that I placed the images on, mm-hmm. and I painted around the box red house paint. You know, just to, something simple. to. So when I display it, you know, you can see like they're re- kind of repeating the red lining of the project. And then I um use encaustic, which is a wax, to kind of coat the image, to kind of give it another form of layered texture. I work in layers primarily with a lot of my work um, because I feel that a lot of the things that I want to highlight is not like one thing it's mm-hmm. it's usually a combination of different things that make it and it's going to take a combination of different <laughs> things to get, to turn it back so uh, that's my use of layering um and when you look at it you'll see you know when you first look at it, you see an image so people respond to the image oh that's a pretty good image then they see the text and they say like, well what is that saying And they mm-hmm. and you know so it's more than just you know, it keeps the vision you know, keeps the viewer engaged.
0: Yeah. All right. So, as we approach the end of this episode here, is there um maybe anything that we didn't touch on that you would like to talk about before we wrap things up?
2: Oh. <laughs> I think I pretty much got it. Um, All
0: right. So, I'm still
2: working and, um, you know, on in different areas. Uh, one of the things that I'm off shooting now, uh, you know, that I started in my grad studies and that my work is always ongoing because the problems are always ongoing. And it's always another layer that I can add to it just by paying attention to what's going on in the community. But, um, you know, just how the industry had a profound effect, especially mm-hmm. since we a lot of your redlining areas tended to be around. Unclean air and unclean water and how much an effect that had on our community as well.
0: Mm-hmm. All right So uh, we mentioned that uh, you can still check this out over at Penn State Chenango until March 15th But um, where at is it at Penn State Chenango
2: At Sharon Hall
0: Sharon Hall? Okay i mm-hmm, on the second floor.
2: I believe that's where the gallery. Go. Yes.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, Venice, Thank you very much for coming on the show this week uh it's nice seeing you again. It is you know? nice seeing you too. Yeah, and it's
2: yeah. like, I was like And nice meeting you. you I don't well. want to leave you out. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> All right. So that'll do it this week. Definitely go check out Venice's work. She is very talented. So go check that out. Um, but Yeah, that'll do it this week on the New Generation podcast. We are here every Saturday. You can find us at SharonHarrell.com, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. And of course, don't forget about the New Generation Sports Report as well that myself and our sports editor, Dan Heiner, do every Wednesday. You can find that one all the same places you can find this show. So, Venice, thank you again, and thank you all for listening.